1: And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what's going on, sir? Not much. I'm excited
0: uh, to get into this. I'm, we get closer and closer. These exercises become a lot more fun mm-hmm. because it, it just kind of wets the appetite for what's happening in...
1: A week and two days? Oh, my God. It's it's coming up really fast. Oh, my God. Coming up on today's show, we decided to do a little bit of of a different exercise than what we've been doing. We're going to narrow down our top five favorite options for the Cowboys at pick 58. And how do we decide which players we're going to include and exclude? Uh, We're going to use Dane Brugler. Uh, His top 50 list, and we're just going to cross out everybody on that list. Let's say the draft goes perfectly chalk, and all 50 of those guys are gone by the time the Cowboys pick. Uh, It's going to make it a challenge. So before we get into our names, Landon and I each put down five guys that we would be interested in at 58. I'm just going to kind of run through some of the names at the bottom of that list for Dane so we can kind of cross them off. Uh, from picks 40 to 50, Justin Lane, Jonathan Abram, Irv Smith, Paris Campbell, uh, Elton Jenkins, the center from Mississippi State, Debo Samuel, Dalton Riser, DeAndre Walker, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Juan Thornhill, and Julian Love. Uh, Taylor Rapp, another fan favorite, uh, was gone at pick 30. Um, so a lot of the guys that we've talked a lot about on the show, between Thornhill and Rapp and Abram, all off the board. Um so before we even get into our picks, uh, do any of those names kind of surprise you being gone? And I think it's very realistic that we'll see guys like, you know, Rap and Abram and and those types all be gone, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think this is pretty typical of what, I mean, you know, this is very much by the book even. <laughs> like, I think this is kind of, if they were to go out by the board this this is probably where we would end up right yeah i think this is not at all far fetched i mean we we've, we've been kind of hoping that you know things fall right into you know where how, you know you, you'd have a selection of players where that you would have one or two guys who are like oh, oh yeah, they stick out but it may it may work out that everyone that's outside of you know the top 50 uh you know it, it all kind of <laughs> Falls right, into place, right. and, and suddenly you're not. You're hoping just to get value at the pick instead of getting uh, an exceptional value.
1: All right, so let's go ahead and we'll start with our list. We'll use ascending order and start with our number five player, uh, Landon. Who do you have up first? Well, for me, I think number five
0: is Tristan Hill. Ooh. Um, and I, all these guys for me, I at the bottom of this, or the, these first few guys we're going to mention are, are guys I like. I just. I would rather get them at 90. Okay. You know, um, and I think Tristan Hill, uh, you know, he's explosive off the ball. I think he has a, a, some real upside potential as a three technique, as crazy hot motor, uh, runs all the time. I think, you know, he really is a, a kind of a Marinelli type Absolutely, guy. Yep. I, I think there's a lot of fit there. Um, but I also think that, you know, he didn't have a ton of production um, and a, uh, you know, when you look at, uh, some issues with integrating with the, uh, the new coaching staff at UCF. There's some, some work that needs to be done there to figure out exactly what went on there. Uh, I, I think the value at getting uh, getting him at, at, at 90 would be incredible. I think at 58 he's a guy that uh, you know he's your floor, I think. I, mean, I, I love him and I'm not going to be upset uh, if he's the pick. Uh, I, I will I hope for more. But I think at the very least, I I feel like he's probably gonna be there, uh, and he's he's you know he's I think he's a player that uh, can do something for you hopefully right away.
1: Okay, when I watched him, he's not my top five by the way. But when I watched him, I kind of wrote down and please tell me if I'm wrong, shades of Terrell McLean. Did you you see that when you watched this film?
0: Yeah, I mean because he's a big guy who you know. Is explosive, and and, and so in that way, I mean,
1: I think McLean may be slightly bigger. But I mean, not coming into Uh, the NFL, he wasn't. I mean, when McLean came in the NFL, he's two ninety seven. But you're talking about now. I I think I think McLean now might be a
0: little bit bigger. But yeah, I think as far as uh, you know, as far as the body type of the comparison, I I certainly like it. I think they're surprisingly explosive. Big guys in the middle.
1: And that could maybe give you a little bit of position flex and kind of move up and down a little bit. So that makes a little sense yeah. to me. All right, my number five player, uh, I, I don't love the position because I think they already have a lot of depth there, but I have Anthony Nelson from Iowa. Uh, mm-hmm. We talked about him a little bit on the show, but he is you know a really long and athletic defensive end. 6'7", 271 pounds, 83-inch uh, wingspan, almost 35-inch arms. Uh, I, I'm not quite sure where he would play in this defense. My guess is they would try to bulk him up a little bit and have him kind of play in that Tyrone Crawford role. Um, I like this tape at Iowa. I, I thought it was really good. I, I'm just not 100% sure that you know putting him in a, as a three technique is you know the best value here, but I, I'm willing to gamble on his athleticism at 58. So any quick thoughts on Nelson?
0: Uh, I mean, I think he's definitely one of a couple of different guys that you're looking at in this r- range that can fill that role, right? right? That's that kind of left defensive end guy that you can kick in to, to do some Tyron Crawford stuff. So, uh, yeah, I mean, again, another guy who I, I, I'm not going to be upset
1: about. I'm not thrilled about the pick, uh, but, I mean, it's a safe pick. I, I, I certainly like, wouldn't so. kill them if they went with Anthony Nelson. No, 15. absolutely not. I, I no, feel like, again, no. we talked about kind of – Cowboys playing it safe a lot of times with their first pick. I feel pretty good that Nelson's going to be a solid contributor to the NFL and that's why I would be fine with it. Alright Landon, Absolutely. number four, who do you got? Number four, I have
0: uh, one of my favorites, uh, Joe Juan Williams Ooh, okay. uh, from, from Vanderbilt. Uh, I, I, again, I, I think falling under the, the, the heading of uh, if they, he was taken at 58 I'm not going to cry about it, but I would prefer to pick him at 90. Um I just yeah I like I like his game a lot. I think he fits what we do a lot. Um I think he would be a great fit here. Uh, I think there's a high chance of success just because of of his athleticism mixed with uh you know what we do in the scheme. So I think there's a, he's a solid pick even at the second round. I mean it's the back end of the second yeah. round. This guy is a a 2-3 for me as I guess is what I would rate him at. Um, so I, I have no problem with him. Again, both Tristan Hill and Joe Juan Williams, I, I, I'm happy to take them. I would prefer if someone of better value fell to us at 58, but this is definitely not the worst landing spot for, for walking away at 58.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of agree. The other thing, we talked about this yesterday, but – uh, if you draft Joe on at 58, and let's say he comes in and he's really good right away, it gives you some position flex. We talked about potentially moving Ouzier to safety. You could maybe do that this year. Maybe you just leave both at cornerback and you let Byron Jones go after the year. Uh, it gives you a lot of options. So uh, at number four, that makes sense. I'm going to talk about him in a little bit. Uh, for me at number four was a guy that we actually haven't talked about on this show yet, uh, and that's a Keen Hakeem Butler. Uh, Hakeem Butler is a wide receiver from Iowa State. Uh, he's my top receiver in this class. Uh, would the Cowboys take him? I- I'm not sure. But this is one of the situations where you need to be flexible at 58. You just need to take the best talent that becomes available to you. Uh, Hakeem Butler is interesting because he's six foot six, almost six foot seven. Uh, can r- in running with four four eights? He's you know at Iowa State played both in the slot. And on the outside, nobody in college football had more receptions beyond 20 yards. Uh, He's a big play threat. Uh, I'm not afraid to say I think you see a lot of shades of A.J. Green with Hakeem Butler. And uh, I I just think if you're sitting here at 58 and you have a chance to grab, you know, potentially another number one type of receiver, uh, I think that's interesting to me at least.
0: Yeah, that's that's why I, I have him ranked higher
1: on this list. Ooh, okay, good. Save those thoughts for next for the next one. Uh, good. Uh, Number three, Liam.
0: Number three, I have uh, Zach Allen. Mm. Um, uh, now so now we're reaching into the, the area where uh, these top three guys uh even though they're outside you know they're available at this point, and they're outside the you know the traditional kind of top grouping. I, I would take. I would take these three guys and and, and be happy at at 58 with them. Um, uh, Zach Allen is a guy who I think because of the way he would fit in this defense, I would be extremely happy. I mean, I think he's more than just the Tyrone Crawford fit in their spot because I think he could really provide you something um, even more inside than what Tyrone Crawford can at defensive tackle. Um, So, uh, yeah, I I think – uh, Zach Allen is a guy that they could plug in here and if he, they, if they wanted to, I, I think that they may even could just play him at three technique full right, time. Yeah. Um, so uh, but I wouldn't be surprised they'll definitely see him try all of it you know and, and, and see what see what you know, pans out. But I love his uh, the way he plays his explosiveness. You pointed out on many a time to me about how valuable his uh, past deflections mm-hmm. are. And that, and you know, and, and what he clearly has some kind of skill set there for that, um, and that shouldn't be discounted. So, uh, I like Zach Allen a lot, and, uh, and I would gladly make the pick at 58 if, if there was uh, if he was there and there wasn't something better falling down the board. Yeah,
1: I, I'm a big Zach Allen fan. I have him at number two, um, so we can kind of just kind of discuss him really quickly. Uh, a couple things that I really like about him. I mean, you you nailed him. Uh, over the last two years, 161 tackles, which is absolutely insane. 30.5 tackles for a loss, 12.5 sacks, uh, and 12 pass deflections, two interceptions. I mean, he's just a playmaker. You put him on the field, and he's going to find a way to to make plays and disrupt uh, an offense. Uh, other things I like about him, he was a team captain at Boston College last year. Uh, he was a all-ACC uh, academic player of the year. Uh, insanely smart, a 4.0 in college. Um, I, I just feel like the bust factor is so low for him because of his athleticism, because of his production, and because of his position flexibility. You can play him anywhere. You can play him in a 3-4. You can play him as a defensive end. You can play him inside. Uh, I, I'm just a big, big fan of Zach Allen. and Frankly, you can talk me into him being my my number one target at 58.
0: Yeah, I mean uh I like him a lot and I think I think these other two people that I have above him, uh, I mean all three of these top three guys uh, are, I think are special guys and um, I think that uh, we could debate on where to go and, and to me all three of them kind of for at least my three um, this is starting with Zach Allen at the bottom I, I think all fit spots where you need a player or you't necessarily need a player but they could fit in really well. And they're great players, Uh, so if you get them and they're available, uh, they're going to make a team.
1: All right, so just really quickly, my third-ranked player was Joe Wall-Williams, cornerback from Vanderbilt. Uh, We already kind of touched on him, but I just think grabbing cornerbacks is never a bad idea. I think he fits the scheme well. Uh, If you were to rank, let's say, the top seven cornerbacks in this class that fit the Cowboys scheme, I think he would be what? In the top three? Four, and that's the way we really Probably. should be looking at this class because certain guys. I, I mean, I listen. I love Byron Murphy. He's my favorite cornerback in the class. But if you had to ask me which one fits better in the Cowboy scheme, I think it's pretty easy to say Joan Williams makes more sense, right?
0: Sorry, got me. of no, coffee. Right. Yes, I, I, absolutely. I, I think, and that's uh, the way we should be looking um, at
1: these cornerback prospects, right? Is not be looking at them like yeah, he's the thirteenth I mean, best corner. Look,
0: they're clearly looking at, at, at types. And, um, you know, I, I think maybe even more so now that uh, Richard is in, in, in charge in, in the defensive secondary, uh, and, and this is being his second year. And if you remember, second year defensive coordinators, second year defensive staff, second year staff in the Cowboys organization usually gets a lot of free reign in the draft so um uh, you know Marinelli got a lot of stuff his second year and the sort of thing so I, I wouldn't be surprised if you know they if he went out and got like another if this the guy like this is a target because yes he's such a perfect scheme fit and you know clearly from what we've seen of 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 uh of of Rashard is that he has a very set prototype for what he wants in in, in as as a cornerback so the physical uh, prototype and uh, so i think yeah he's going to rank these guys a little bit different maybe even more out of the norm or specific uh, particularly i guess is the word i'm looking for I, I wouldn't be surprised if we have all these cornerbacks ranked more particularly right. than the than a lot of the right. other teams in the nfl because they're going to want specific, very specific things that that maybe the rest of the nfl doesn't desire as right. much right and
1: i think you need it nail it if you go look at dane Brugler's top 10 cornerbacks and you start to go cornerback by cornerback again there you could probably remove four of those guys at least and that bumps up joe on williams for the cowboys fit like for instance i like julian love a lot a cornerback from notre dame but he's really just a slot corner 510 195 i almost can guarantee you the cowboys would rather have joe on williams and julian love same goes for byron murphy he's just too small to play in the scheme so when you start to rank players like that I think it suddenly makes it seem like Joe uh, wouldn't be as big of a reach as maybe some other people want to play. They might have him as a top-four cornerback in the class for all we know. Uh, So at 58, they wouldn't look at it as a a reach. They would look at it as potentially a steal. So just a different way to look at it. All right, Landon, let's go to number two. Who is your second-ranked player in this class for the Cowboys? Darnell Savage.
0: Ooh. I mean, I think, you know, to me, Juan Thornhill and Darnell Savage are kind of, you know, it's, I think D- Juan Thornhill is like a little bit of an upgrade on Darnell Savage, I feel like. Uh, but I, I think that they are both really good players and they're both very versatile defensive backs. Um, you know, it's it's like we talked about you know, when we, we were reviewing him. I like his game. I like Juan Thornhill's game. The only thing that you need to remember is that they're not necessarily filling that box safety rule. These are these are guys who you're going to use to cover in the slot as a defense, as a nickelback. He will be a cornerback at uh, times. Uh, he'll be in the back half if you need him. You kind of just <laughs> use him in conjunction with uh, like Xavier Woods to move him all around the field. I still feel like, again, you're going to need another safety in there, another box-type guy to, have to provide a physical presence. Or, you know, if not, I mean... Just you, you can roll with what you've got on this team. I just think you need to be aware that this isn't this guy isn't filling that role necessarily. But what he can do is provide you uh, another extremely versatile defensive back. You can put on safe uh, on tight ends. You can play him all over the field. And when you already have a guy like that in Xavier Woods, uh, I think pairing a second w- a one in, in in secondary, a more a even more explosive one, uh, can really um, it could really, you know, send your defensive back, backfield a step forward, uh, two steps forward, because of all of the new things you can do and, and cover, and the ways you can you know, hide coverage now.
1: Uh, I have Darnell Savage number one. Um, I, I think there's just not many times you get a chance to take a guy with this kind of athleticism, and instincts at 58. I know he's small. I know some people think he might be a free safety or a slot corner. I don't care. Just give me the best football players. I'll figure out a role for them. If I have to go out and sign or draft an in-the-box safety for first down, I can do that. Yeah, it's not that it's hard. I not a big deal. I, I, I no. Just give me the guys that can cover and that can make plays, and that's why I'm so high on Savage. So um, I, at Number two, I had Zach Allen. We kind of already discussed him. Uh, Lena, why don't you go ahead and finish it up and give us your number one player?
0: Well, my number one player is Akeem Butler. I mean, I, I, I too am very high on him. I think he is one of the top wide receivers in this class. I mean, from what I've seen, I, mean, I, I wouldn't have any issues. I don't have any issues with people that are ranking him number one. I mean, I, I as far as what he can provide, I think he's got a higher floor than uh, DK Metcalf. 100%. Yes, I think he's got. Maybe a higher ceiling. I agree. In the DK Metcalf because I think he already can do more than DK Metcalf, as far as I'm concerned. I think DK Metcalf, you're taking if you're looking for a dominant down the field, explosive, uh, you know, Des Bryant above the rim type player, speed, strength, maybe more like TO, frankly, than than Dez Bryant. Right. Um, I think if you're looking for a guy who brings a pretty well rounded set already. But with the upside of being a six foot six, two hundred and forty pound plus, you know, like monster who can also just be a complete yak freak, uh, I think Akeem Butler can do that. I mean, I, listen, you don't need to listen to anybody else more than Matt Waldman, and he'll tell you uh, all you need to know about this guy. And and I, I, when Waldman came out and and kind of confirmed that too, it made me feel better a, a little bit about. Uh, how I felt about him. And I know you've been talking about him a long time, and I definitely trust your opinion on wide receivers and, and tight ends a lot. So I, I, to me, this is a guy that if you get him, I know what you've got. I know you've already got all this, this, this these players and this, the room is crowded and that sort of thing. I think Butler is just too much of a talent to potentially pass. I, I mean, I think you pair him with Amari Cooper – Man, I mean, it's you've got now you can put Cooper wherever you want. I mean, you can put this kid in the slot. I mean, we've seen him run whip routes. I mean, all kinds of different stuff for a guy who's six, seven almost, like you said. He has incredible flexibility uh, and, 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 and route running skills that uh, you know. I mean, frankly, I, don't, I think are still being underrated that you know, just in general because you just don't see a lot of guys run routes the way he does, and from all the spots that he does. Uh, coming out of college, and much less at his size. So, um, yeah, we could talk about you know some of the competition if you want. You can talk about you know uh, uh, some of the drops that he's had at different points, care. and the high number of <laughs> drops. I'll take them, man. Give me, give me all those drops and and everything else that comes with it, all the catches that come with it, uh, because it's this is this guy. I mean the what they someone needs to figure out is a, a stat to measure the sh- sheer ridiculousness of how many. Uh, plays were even eligible to be drops. For oh, him. I hundred you know, percent. Like agree, I mean, yes. just because his catch his catch radius is so ridiculous with his arms and his height that the fact that things that we are even counting as drops were able to be considered drops are because of his freak athleticism and his and his body type. So uh, this guy, per, you know, puts you in a position to, if you put the ball. You know, within 12 feet of him, uh, he, he's gonna get close, and, and you know, maybe he won't make the play, but he, he'll he'll get the ball, his hand on the ball. Uh, he'll find a way to get close to it, and, and sometimes he comes away with it. And then once he has the ball in his hands, uh, I mean, it's like having a,
1: a, a defensive end with the football. Uh, I mean, it's it's you don't nobody wants to tackle right, Let's uh, let's look at this really quickly, the Keem Butler, because I'm so glad that you're a fan of him. Um, he is again. 66 227 arm length of 35 inches that would be that's number 1 in the NFL hand size of almost 11 inches that's number 1 in the NFL a vertical jump of 36 inches which is above average in the NFL for all receivers at 227 pounds. I mean this guy is basically like having Rob Gronkowski I mean his in terms of his like his wingspan and his catch radius it's actually bigger than Rob Gronkowski so Man, I, I just think you can do so many different things with him. And I think there's this reputation that if you get these big receivers, uh, they're kind of plodding. You look at, like, Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funches, That's not him at all. Uh, he's a guy that thrives down the field because he has built up speed. Again, four four eight. 8". His 10-yard uh, split was one of the best at the combine. Uh, he's quick. Um, he, he literally can run every type of route. And in this offense, again, if you put a Keen Butler on the outside, Amari Cooper in the slot, and Michael Gallup as he is the as the flanker receiver, ooh, that's that's a lot for defensive backs to handle. Because how do you how do you match up with it? Do you put your number one corner on Cooper in the slot? Cooper will win there because of his route running. Do you put a smaller cornerback on Hakeem Butler in the slot Butler will win because of his size it just gives you a lot of different options Uh, Hakeem Butler is fantastic in the red zone, Uh, it's one of my knocks on Amaris he's not fantastic there, Butler can help you in the back shoulder fades Uh, just the regular fade pass, the slants Uh, he can give you a lot there and we talked about this all the time the the most important thing for the Cowboys this offseason is improving their passing efficiency if they can become a better pass offense, everything else is going to get significantly easier uh, and I think Hakeem Butler would help you do that. So uh, kind of wrapping up, Landon, give us your your top five once again.
0: <coughs> five, I had Tristan Hill. Four, I had Joe Juan Williams. Four,
1: uh, three, I had Zach Allen. Two, I had Darnell Savage. And number one, I had Hakeem Butler. Not bad. All right, mine are number five, Anthony Nelson. Number four, Hakeem Butler. Number three, Joe Juan Williams. Number two, Zach Allen. And number one, Darnell Savage. Uh, this was a fun exercise, Landon. Uh, in- inevitably, yeah. what this means is the Cowboys are going to draft none of the players that we mentioned, right? Probably none of them, right? no. no. Eh, that's okay. <laughs> we got to talk about some different names and different scenarios. So uh, it, it was a, a good little tool or little task that you want to do uh, before the draft. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts Follow Lane at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you guys next time.